Thank you for listening to Recyclables. I really appreciate it. If you want to support the program, the best way to do that is to like, subscribe, and share. Uh, the next best way is to make a donation either through the Acast app or at our Patreon, which is just patreon forward slash recyclables.com. Until next time, thank you. Uh, but to answer answer the question you asked 45 minutes ago, uh, ah! a chunk of Aesop Rock's The Blob that he like gave like he gave out an album like like you can download it and then oh, it's yeah, yours. Oh yeah, that's and what so, that's what the intro music is. Yeah, and so I like cut a chunk of that. And it's like it's guitars that sounds pretty cool. And I think I kept it under the legal limit so that if there is ever a complaint, it's it's fixable. Uh, uh, my, my secret hope is, is, is Aesop Rock is a listener and it's just like, oh man, thanks for, thanks for, thanks, thank you. This show that gets maybe a thousand listeners sometimes for inserting my music into your show. Uh, but I've also heard the, the, any of the clips I use, I've usually heard in other, uh, uh, sampled by other artists. So it could be anybody's music, so to speak. So I feel like it's pretty, 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 Fine, pretty safe legally. I am a lawyer in one of my games of vampire. Really? <laughs> no. Okay. That'd be cool. I could be a lawyer. I could that's play a lawyer. My, that's my favorite part about doing notaries at work because I have to let them know that they need to sign a waiver, and the waiver just communicates that I'm not a lawyer, uh, so I can't give them legal advice. And I usually say I can't give you legal advice because I'm not a lawyer, nor do I want to be. That's too much reading. Uh, and sometimes it makes people chuckle, chuckle, and then I think other people are like, boy, I hope you die in a fire. And I'm like, yeah, I probably feel the same way about you. Uh, and then if, uh, if there's an issue with the notary on my end, like some, a mistake I made, it, the store that I work at and UPS store corporate is not liable. And then if I can tell that they're not too annoyed, I'll say, yeah, that's right. I will fall on that grenade for you. Um, I try to I try to like gauge whether or not that person's been close yeah. enough to like an actual war conflict to be like uh, that's not a great use of that. That's that's why we're friends because I don't necessarily <laughs> do that, but I'm gonna try to make sure I do that from here on out. Like like my 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 barometer is honestly if I make this joke, will this person beat me up or hate me? And like if they're gonna beat me up potentially, no joke. If they're just gonna just gonna hate me, eh, maybe I should. I'm gonna bum them out. Yeah. I usually don't want to tell. Them. Yeah. I'm tired of notarizing um, release of information for um, cop applications. I've done like at least three or four of those in the last few months. That's wild. That if they're coming from this area, just a part of the problem of policing is that like traditionally the people in the areas aren't doing the policing. Oh no, I mean they might just be stopping by our UPS store because oh, oh. it's like near their work or whatever. Oh yeah, like, yeah. They may not live in. Portland proper per se. Fair. Um, but yeah, I've just notarized a good amount of those and a couple like applications for like being in a gun club. I think that I would I would join it. Not all gun clubs are bad. I would join one if it, if they if they. We, I mean Groucho Mark style. I I don't want to be a part of any club that would have me. But like I think I was him. But so this was an interesting thing. My sister Gabby said, who she seems tends to be a little more supportive of like bureaucracy than I am. Like maybe not like. Not like she's got a big old boner for it by any means. And I was just saying how it's $10 for a notary. And she's like, that's such a ripoff. What a grift. And I was just like, oh. And in my head, like, I hadn't really thought about it that way just because it was something I do for my job now. Uh, and so that was kind of interesting. And so, like, I have started to, like, think about that. 
because like a gal that I was doing, I was going to do a notary for, they said something about they needed to notarize every signature and she needed to sign like 10 or 12 times. And that's me stamping that document 10 or 12 times and that's $10 a piece. And no. so I was like, you should call that guy and confirm whether or not you really need to have all of this notarized for a lease. Well, that's, uh, that's, th- there is, there is a tax on being poor yes. th- that is also kind of oh, a paywall. Absolutely. Where it's like, like that's kind of to, to, to make it about me right away. That's kind of a problem with disability. I was talking, I was talking to my friend and she's trying to uh, get her kid onto disability. And I was like, you will probably have a much easier time than this because you're close enough to middle class. You know how to talk to like lawyers and shit. So when I have a conversation with them, I have to translate whatever they're saying into poor, right? Yeah. And so like, but like, I just, these interactions get easier when you're able to, when you're already kind of adjusted to well, them. Yeah, legalese is just gatekeeping language. I, I saw a TikTok at some point where they were talking about there's like at least like three or four levels of conversation between like people in poverty and the ruling class. And that there's such a step between them and it's such an easy way to filter people out and keep them where they're supposed to be. So what have we been doing lately, Pat? Well, uh... uh Patrick Thomas Perkins? But we, we, we've been introducing each other. Rochelle A gross. I've missed, I've missed that bit, I'll be honest. I've missed... It's been a while. I've been really busy uh, not liking it. In life, so but like, what have we? You've been. Let's I've, see. I've been applying for disability and getting denied. And getting denied. So you got to start over. Uh, well, no, no, I don't have to start over. It's this dumb thing where like you apply. Are you just appealing it? Yeah. Okay, and you're appealing the denial. So I don't. I don't think I've sat down and just told you the straight out of what it is. So you apply, and then and then they say no. You have a three month mandatory waiting period. Until they reply, and then they say three no. months mandatory waiting. Period? If I if I remember, and it's one of those things where it's like it's not mandatory, but it's 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 ubiquitous. It's just, or yeah, it, so it's not. It's like we all know the about waiting it. list is is three months, regardless of the urgency of your need. And and I think so. Like, the three month review process, and in general, they are all mandatory no's, and so you get to go to an appeal where they do what they've just done, which is like. Talk to my doctors and have me go to a, a, a doctor who, like, looked at me medically and looked at me psychologically, like, a different one. And that was the whole thing. And then this is that denial. And now I have another six months of appealing, potentially more, potentially less, where I will talk to a judge. They will do, like, an interview with all of the stuff and the judge will review everything. And then I think after that, no, I have one more appeal. And then it's no for real or, or restart the process, if I remember correctly. Oh, my God. But I also think the extra messy part is once upon a time, the entire – like, like you, you can keep doing it, right? Like, there's no I, – I think you have, like, an infinite number of mulligans, right? But, like – Well, that's good. Once upon a time, you would get back paid from when you started. And but now it's anymore. just like up to four years or something like oh. that. So, like, no matter how long they take on their end. And it is a fact that as more people apply, it takes longer to process. And as COVID has come along, more people have applied. Also, as as the pandemic required more people to take time off of work, more people realized they had conditions worth applying for. Like if you, if yeah, you, there were people. More people were developing these conditions because of low co- long COVID. 
And on top of that, there are a bunch of people who are now becoming aware of the fact that, oh, no, I do qualify for disability and I have this entire time. Yeah, like if you don't have to work through the the bone spurs, let's use a presidential example, but if you don't have to work through, oh through if you don't have to work through a crippling condition, then you don't think about the fact that you have a, like, one of the reasons I'm so fucked up as far as like the nerve damage stuff goes is that because I was you've worked this whole time and like I've had a bunch of signs that I should have stopped. Like most people's legs don't feel like they're turned inside out on and off. You know what I mean? Ugh. Like that's just not just the thing people experience. I've been dealing with that for so long that I'm like, oh, that's just you guys just don't have you just don't sit there and go tingly in your extremities on and off. That's just not a thing that you deal with. No, specific things have to happen for that to happen. But I have been developing more of that as I get older. And like, so I have, I just have nerve damage in my hands. I think. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I mean, that's where you've been at with disability. And then, and then because of that, I've been doing. I've been. It's weird because a bunch of stuff that like I just haven't had time to deal with, even though I know it exists, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, the ADHD stuff. So getting medicated for that and trying to handle that has been consuming my last two or three weeks as I readjust to what time means to me. Yeah, you're, you're not even on the you're not even on the fun ADHD meds. Yeah. You don't even you're not even on the stimmies, baby. No, I'm I'm all natural. Well, no, definitely no, not no, all no, natural. No, 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 no. But you're on like a. Uh, norepinephrine reuptake inhibitor, yeah. I think is what it is. Like, it's supposed to also help with depression, because they're like, you know, you're not supposed to want to die since you were eight, sir. Like, that's yeah. just not, it's not, it's not a thing most people want, I guess. I don't, right. I don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, because, like, they're, the, the comorbidities of anxiety and depression alongside ADHD are pretty high. And also growing up with a disability and in poverty and in a, an unstable situation. That'll that'll do it, you know? Yeah. Harriet um, being just an absolute adorable When's the last level. time I was on? Jesus God. Has it, been, it hasn't been a year. It hasn't been a year. I don't, it can't have been a year. Let's, let's take bets. I feel like... I think I've done a few episodes since I started working at the UPS store. We did the, the it, four-way episode. It has to have been Chris since and Charlie. It has to have been since November at least, because that was when we got back. I think maybe once since then. Last time was January fourteenth. Oh, so when it wasn't we did, that long yeah, ago, yeah, I yeah. guess. It just feels longer. It, it feels well, like we've had we've had uh, since then since since uh, Harriet Tubman, history's greatest hero. Uh, we did an episode where I talked about magic, uh, uh, just because I had been. What 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 happened that week? Magic, that's what. Yeah, no, ma- magic's been going through a real vi- villain phase. So I tried to go over the history of the game a little bit. Oh yeah, because we were going to talk about them releasing the Pinkertons. Yeah, well, no, actually, this was even before that. Those pre-Pinkerton yeah, this was this was Pinkertons were back in March, and this was in February that I recorded. Oh, okay. It. Uh, or May maybe that it was. Anyway, um, we we did we started a new segment, free therapeutic from therapy. Or just kind of rediscuss lessons I've learned from ther- like my my nice. redistribution of therapy, uh, where and on one of those we talked about how modeling is important and like how to how how not having it as a kid made it difficult for me to do things as an adult, but how as an adult it it it's no less important to try to have it and how I try to like look for it in media in particular because it's a more accessible kind of thing. Uh, we did an episode where I did kind of an ABCs of sexuality and gender identity. Uh, nice. Just a very basic using FetLife's kind of terms for relationship styles. Did you talk about a male sexual? 
Oh, uh, what is that? I did not. You just want to fuck mayo. Oh, no, I did not. I did oh, not okay. know about that. So. I, I thought that was a very deeply racist and or problematic person. And I guess, I guess, uh, we did, we did an episode about disability, uh, uh, just talking about some of the difficulties I was having, uh, applying for and whatnot. Kind of a, a precursor, like a warm up to doing, eventually I'll do the fucking mini series that I've been promising myself. We did a, a free therapeutic about the myths of productivity and profitability, how mm-hmm. like those impact our psychology. And then once I got officially diagnosed, we did an episode called ADHD, that I called ADHD and the multiverse, where I kind of tried to explain what if things had been different? Like, what would, would having adults in my life actually change? And like, in a lot of ways, maybe, but I kept coming to the conclusion, maybe because I'm biased, that like, there needs to be systemic changes. Like, there needs to oh, be no, a lot absolutely. of different changes that, that would have come about and like, not just for me, but a lot of other people who fall in that. So that's what you've missed. That's what you've okay. missed. Okay. Yeah. So what you guys have missed in my life, uh, I'm no longer in the harrowing holiday months of working at a UPS store, so it's gotten slower. Um, but the job is still annoying, and I'm getting really exhausted by our customer base's weaponized incompetence. And if I may, they're kind of casual white supremacy and other bullshits. Just, just. Oh yeah, no people. Because the UPS store that I work at is not the nicest neighborhood in Portland, and people talk mad shit on it all the time. People like the. This is maybe a month ago. There was someone who was visibly fucked up, and he was like hitting people's cars. And so an ambulance showed up, and then someone's like, what's the deal with that guy? And I think someone was like, well, he's not feeling really well. Um, obviously, he's not doing so great. And she's just like, yeah, I'm getting, this is just Portland now. And it's like, instead of having empathy in that situation, they're just taking it as a point to complain. And it's getting less, but I know it's going to ramp back up. Because like, we've already had someone OD out in front of the building. There was actually a shooting in the parking lot a couple weeks ago, remember? Oh. A 17-year-old girl got shot oh, in front shit. of Winco. So many crazy things happen on and off. I forgot about yeah. that in particular. Just like yeah. the, the intersection of 82nd and is, anything. A, and is, a, is, a, is a nexus of industry and neglect. My whole, like, I've been in Portland most of my life, and it's kind of interesting. And I've been in Portland since 2015, so and, and it's, it's only been about eight years. And it's always had this kind of reputation. I remember the one time I was I was uh, robbed, robbed at the porn store was uh, because of some 82nd Street shenanigans with, like, a drug dude. Like, I think he might have been a dealer. He might have been a di- I couldn't tell which way he was going on that, that, yeah. that, that, that hill. Uh, but it's, it's. It's wild that it's always been that way, and it's that Carlin bit of, like, the lower class exists to keep the middle class scared yeah. of becoming the middle class, or, or, or the lower class. I, I think that's a lot of what 80, because 80 Seconds has always had that reputation where it's like, you didn't want to go to the Fred Meyer on 80 Second because it might be the scary one. I like going to that Fred Meyer, yeah. and I miss it. I do, the too. The one on Foster? Yeah, that was pretty... It was so little, it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, now it's a really nice Asian grocery store, and they have a bubble tea place, so it's pretty cool. I've but never I miss that. I thought it was going to get turned into like housing for people, but we can't do that. I've never shopped at that place because for the longest time I thought it was like Costco style, and I had to have like no nope. a, a membership or be Asian. So I was like, 
<laughs> this is my weird, my own weird internalized white supremacy where I'm like, well, clearly it's a it's an Asian grocery, so it must not be for white people. I'll leave it alone. I mean, that is one of the best places to get bulk peeled garlic. Ooh, no, I'm, I'm pretty nice. I like going to Asian markets for that because you can get like a pound of it, sure. and then you can make all the garlic confit you want. But bear in mind that does not last; it only lasts for a certain amount of time. So make sure you have a plan for it so it doesn't go bad. Cooking tips, folks. Cooking tips. Yeah. Sorry, I was just thinking the other, the other, the other part of that intersection is that like it's always that one in particular has always been a little considered a little more wild, and it's like it uh, irritates me to no end that the answer wouldn't be putting more cops in the area. Like that wouldn't, no, no, that no. would just push it elsewhere, and that's honestly what people don't want. You know what I mean? Well, and yeah. So, for example, you know how there's those angled parking on Powell mm-hmm. that folks will set up encampments. Well, what they did is they put these big concrete pylons and, like, the guardrails from the outside of the highway. Well, that pushed those people to go onto the side streets in front of people's houses. Mm-hmm. And so now those folks are getting mad. And, I mean, what, we just had a – the city council just had a vote. I don't know which way they voted, but it was about whether or not to ban parking from 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. Camping in your car from 8, 8, 8 p.m. to 8 a.m. So not letting people sleep overnight in their cars anywhere. I didn't I didn't know that one was the one that was up because they, so they also – They had to shut City Hall because there were so many people there to speak out against it. Yeah, that might have been the same because one. Because there aren't resources. There, that might have been also the same one where they were trying to make it illegal to camp at all. Yeah, uh, in, it's like, in, it in was like city. either that or that. And like, it's it's irritating because we know, you and I, most listeners know, like, the housing exists. Banks keep it from there people. Are, there are plenty Investment of places for all of us to live. Keep it from people. Yeah, they, they legitimately keep it from people. And like, it's... It, it, it's another one of those things where it's like this only happens because we let it happen, and I really appreciate well, that people showed up. Like, and I, I mean, I, I think it's important when you say that we though is that you communicate that the we gets weaker the less power you have in the dynamic. Yeah. I just want to say that, yeah, and because like yes, collectively we are responsible for this happening, but like me as an individual, yeah, 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 no. I cannot stop the fact that. We have been so disenfranchised from any of the decision making, and when we are brought a seat to the table, they still don't even want to listen to yeah. us. I, I, I mean it. We societally, yeah, as, societally, as and yeah, like specifically, not, the not, ruling elite, not you and me, <laughs> and the ruling elite convinces. Well, and not and, and okay, I also actually, want to say our listeners. Actually, actually, let's let's be honest. It's been Rochelle and I specifically. Ugh, you're right. Uh, You're right. I'm I'm not I'm not missing three vertebrae. It's been a long con t- while we launder money to buy houses that we don't give to people because when 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 nobody has a house anymore, a house will be worth so much billionaires. Like we can just charge a billion dollars for it, even I, though Elon Musk doesn't pay rent. Oh my god. Ugh. Um. But no. So I I've been doing that. Pat actually has been really nice to go out to open mics with me recently. So I've been going back to comedy a bit. And some of that's been very fun. I've been seeing, like, new material, seeing new comics. But then also we get to witness comics who write a very lukewarm bit just for the punchline of being able to say the R word. Yeah. So, like, it, as much as comedy is progressing, boy, there are people still just, like, yeah. digging their heels in and keeping it in the fucking 1960s. It is, it is promising in that it is not the same 
I, as the guy who writes sad jokes, I specifically believe, or as a guy who writes sad jokes, sorry, not the guy, I'm not going to own a fucking concept, but as a guy who writes sad jokes, jokes about things that are sad, specifically the goal is that. You make a joke around the thing that is sad, so it is either less sad or it's less scary for people to think about, so they can address how sad it is at a later time and date of their choosing, right? And the mistake a lot of guy, sad boy guys make is they just be sad instead of realizing like you, you need, you have to be over the thing you're sad about. Yeah. Right? Like you well, can't and, be. And being sad is not unique. Yeah. Like, it's, it's my sad is unique specifically because like pretty unique story. Well, if yeah, I may say I mean, so myself. If you're going to talk about how sad you are, explain what's unique about it and not just I'm sad. Ha 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 ha. I, my sad jokes, I think, are great because I'm honestly not a sad guy and I'm kind of an optimist. The world just does everything in its power to fuck with that. Like, I feel like that's my, my in particular edge on that one is like when I'm telling you a, a, when I'm telling people a joke that I think might make them sad, it's because I kind of find it funny that they got sad, like, instead of any other thing that they could have done. Right. Right. But at the same time, I also like joking about things that have happened to me that might make people sad so that, like, when they go through it, it you you can think to yourself in a sad moment, hey, I might be able to joke about this later. Oh, exactly. So I can, like, not, um, not that I'm going through – and also, sorry, just to clarify, not that I'm going through a sad moment being like, oh, this will be great jokes. <laughs> like, that's just fucking gross to I me. I mean, sometimes you'll laugh, sob, and be like, maybe this will be funny someday. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to not just yell at audiences about how much I fucking hate my job. And I think I'm finding the line, but it's difficult because it's like, I don't think someone said, I don't, I, there's another syndrome. There's, I'm not like other girls. And there's also, I'm not like other customers. And I, I, I think we all want to hope that we're never the annoying customer. Yeah. But as soon as we realize we're all eventually the annoying customer, we can then actually hear the grievances of the customer service worker. We fucking annoyed. There's a there's a customer that comes in. They used to come in a lot more frequently, but I don't see them as much. But the last time I saw them, they're like, I remember when your hair was green. And I was like, yeah, I, I had green hair, but I kind of let it fade out. Like, I colored it again, but I just haven't colored it since. She's like, no, no, I know. I just wanted to let you know I remember. And in my head, I'm just like, is, is, is she doing, like, her good deed for the day? Like, is this her, her being like, you know, I saw the humanity. And that uh, that little clerk at the UPS store who needed to print out some shipping labels for me. It's have you have you ever seen Equilibrium? No. It's 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 all right, but there's totally a few moments where like somebody will give a. It's a world where people don't have emotions and they all take pills so they don't feel it. And then every once in a while, someone will give it away by like their hand will brush across someone else's right, and, and they'll like, have a raging erection, or, or? or they'll just have a moment where they lock eyes and they're like, "Oh, we're both people who still enjoy sensation or whatever." Oh, so and, like you're trying to remove emotions from people. Yeah, in this so society? The, yeah, so you don't have war and stuff, and 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 it's one. It's yeah, it's one. Of you're those, right because emotion. Emotions not the is the reason wars happen. It's definitely emotions and feelings it's, that make wars happen. It's it's a combination and excuse to say gung fu gun fu because because people fight using guns in a kung fu manner. Oh. But it's also it's also one of those like kind of like what if Orwellian ish stories, right? But you just made me picture that they're like this is them like rubbing their hand across yours so you can have the moment where they're like, I see the human in you through the dystopian society just all around you. Yeah. Uh, 
It was a long segue that did not need to be there. Sorry. I've also found out how many of our customer base are Joe Rogan fans. Um, I had a gentleman make sure I knew that, you know, Joe Rogan's doing a lot with that comedy club he has in Austin. And it's like super inclusive and like they're really working on it. And then another customer offered one of my coworkers a brain pill uh, that he got in the mail. Uh, from Joe Rogan. If you take one of those brain pills and your brain's hard for three to four hours, consult and... Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to take a mouthful and then just start frothing at the mouth and raging on everything in you're, the you're, you're pe- you, you do like a, a fucking Hulk thing, like your pegs start bulging out and you're just like, manosphere! <laughs> or no, that's not... R- Rogan. Rogan's that weird edge of the manosphere where like he doesn't... He'll pretend like he doesn't want those guys, but he totally wants their money. Which is always what it is. It's always, like... Well, and it's fascinating, because, like, anytime I talk to someone about him, like, there'll be people like, yeah, well, you know, he does have, like, normal guests on. And I'm like, I understand. But it's the fact that he platforms people like fucking Jordan Peterson and other, like, straight-up shitty people. And also, he's really fucking weird about trans people. He's fucking weird about it. We don't... There doesn't need to, I, I, there doesn't ever need to be a chosen one. That's what I was going to say. Sorry. And I was yeah. like, I guess, I guess that's the thing we try to subvert here. That's why I, I, I want to make sure friends show up on the show and stuff is because like, I don't want, I, I just as an individual don't like the idea of like the lone hero who did it all or the rugged man or whatever. Cause I think it's bullshit. But like at the same time, I also just hate it because like it's, it's not accurate. Rogan has, like, producers and interns and, like, comedians who help him write bits, who, like, workshop with him. You know, like, it's okay to be like, hey, this guy's trouble, probably. You know what I mean? Like, like plenty of people that I really respect still had their troubling elements. You know, even, even fucking history's greatest her- hero, Harriet Tubman, gave morphine to babies. I believe that made her a better person, but she knew those babies like to party. Yeah, so like I don't think I mean that's but there are those who would say, "Hey, Harriet Tubman shouldn't have given morphine to those babies." Well, and that's I'm, just really, really shitty white ladies. Okay? And I'm and all and like I'll let them be shitty white ladies because because like I can understand where they might have had a problem with that out of context or whatever. But like, okay, maybe Harriet Tubman is not a great example to compare next to right. Joe Rogan. But you get what I mean. Speaking what, of Harriet. Harriet is like passive aggressively laying on my art table. She's like, I am so cute right now. Oh, I had one more work story. You've already heard this one, but I can tell it like you haven't. We both know there's a twenty. There's a solid chance I forgot. Exactly. So the other day, it's like maybe about five or ten minutes into my shift. It's dead as fuck. So all of us are standing at our registers with nothing to do. This lady comes in with, like, a drooping bag of garbage and a bunch of, like, candy wrappers fisted in her hand above it. And she beelines right for the recycling without looking at any of us, like, pointedly avoiding our eye contact. Now, I just circle around the counter because, like, I don't want that in our recycling. Because I already know it's probably something that should not be in our recycling. So I go over and I'm like, ma'am, I can take that. We have a garbage in the back. She's like, oh, no, it's really yucky. I'm like, yeah, I understand. But I'm going to take this in the back. This is for paper. This is for recycling. What you're throwing in there is not recyclable. So I grab it from her. Some of the wrappers fall. So, like, I pick those up, shove it in my hand, and I walk to the back. As I get around the corner, I lift the bag to eye level. So she can't see that I'm doing this. I lift the bag to eye level. And there's fucking kitty litter encrusted cat shit in this glad bag that she was going to throw. 
in our fucking recycling bin. And, like, I'm not going to judge because I, like, in the sense that I don't think it's wrong that she needed to throw that out. Maybe maybe she thought somebody was going to use the litter again later. Like, they could No, there was not enough litter. It was, like, it was, like, that nerd rope nuggets. That's what it was. Like, that stuff's not going to fall off and be useful again. Fuck you, pet. Um, but, uh. Maybe she she knew about the brand and wanted to make sure you told the story on air. Oh, my God. But either way, I assume I assume there was probably a good reason for her to bring it in. But I really wish you just said, like, hey, I have some gross garbage. Do you guys have a garbage? Because we always have a garbage if you need something to throw out. But yeah. to think that you're just going to fucking dump cat shit in our fucking lobby at the beginning of the day. God damn. God damn. And that was, like, two or three months ago, someone tried to put a rotisserie chicken carcass in there. And that dude picks up some of the recycling, put that bag in, and then put the recycling back on top of it. That's when you know you're doing it wrong. Like, the other lady, I could almost forgive if she if she just really wasn't hearing that it was recycling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. if she was just like, no, it's trash can. Okay, okay, cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but even yeah. then, throwing away cat shit in, like, someone's, like, public lobby? Like, I mean, I'm not, it's weird because of how much I hate everything that I'm, like, not against it, but I'm also against it. I'm like, that's just so much work to do for so little to just. And also, in the parking lot, there are public trash cans. Right. So there were definitely other places she could have tossed it that were close by. There were just a lot of different choices that could have been made that did not bring me to having to take a glad bag full of someone else's cat shit. Out to our dumpster out back. Right. People are... When it comes to trash, people are so just... Trash in particular, I think, like, we're so... I don't want to deal with it that, like... I don't know. I I feel like we're not taught to think about our trash output. And, and like, I've just always... I, I want to put out as little trash or as much at once. You know what I mean? Like, I want it to be... like uh, Trash stuff is always weird to me. Just, trash is weird. Yeah. Which is coming from, from, coming from a hoarder, there's one relationship with trash where it's like, there, I know I treasure certain things wrong. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? no, but, I do too. Like, like uh, I also grew up with a hoarder as well. Probably not as intense, but, but, but on, I definitely grew up with a hoarder. But on the other hand, trash is still trash in that environment. And like part of the reason why I've never, I, I wasn't a fan of it was like, no, this is, there are things here that are clearly trash. And so it's just, it's this weird, we just have such a weird relationship with trash as this country. Like, it's definitely worthy of a future episode. Yeah. No, you're not the wrong fir- about that. The, fir- the first trashy episode of Recycles. Mm. But yeah, those have been kind of the wild things that have happened recently. I did have a customer apologize to me. I've told you this, but he apologized because he came in after hours and he's like, I know how annoying this is. People do this in my work. And without thinking, I responded, you're not sorry. You're here. So I've definitely gotten meaner. When people say, oh, sorry, I forgot my glasses, I say, oh, yeah, that's why I wear mine all the, all the time. So I'm getting very passive aggressive with people because I'm just – I customer service is one of the most unhealthy interactions it's, outside of, like, the violent ones. And it's it's weird because, like, the illegal and violent ones sometimes seem more structured and organized. Like, like you at least know what's going – you're like, I'm being stabbed now. I at least know what will happen at the end yeah. of the stabbing. I don't think that's the wrong way to respond to customers because like Yeah, uh, and I mean I know in some ways I know in some ways I am losing patience with the wrong customers and I don't want to be that cuz like as much as I am a really helpful person when I had to be helpful to people that make me feel shitty about it 
it gives me less helpfulness later on in the day. So say someone comes in who like really doesn't understand what they're doing or like there is a severe language barrier. My patience is getting shorter now and that's not their fault. Yeah. Um, but I'm a whole, I'm at least getting those wins every once in a while and I'm trying hard to like remind myself like it's not their fault. No, you do, you have had some some fun interactions. It sounded it sounded like but, she remembers. Uh, I have green hair, Pat. Yeah, you, you, I might you've told me about ones that weren't nearly so bad. It does your your reaction does make me think of like times at Plaid when people would be like, like you know, you don't have to like take my idea, and I'm like, literally, I do. Like literally, it's 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 not a or or people will be like, I don't know. This is that weird thing where people people assume when you're doing your job you have a lot more choice in it than you do. Yes. And it's like, if I'm doing this thing, it is literally because not doing this thing means getting fired. 100% of the time. And there's this other piece where, like, when it comes to people's Amazon returns, people think I'm just trying to nickel and dime them and fuck them over. I'm like, no, I want to make sure you get your fucking refund so I don't have to deal with the phone call when you're pissed off because you didn't listen to me when I said that that needed to go into a fucking box and shouldn't just go in the general mail. And it's, it's exhausting because, like, when people can't take you at face value for so long, you stop having the ability to take them at face value either. Yeah, and it's, it's it creates a lot of mistrust that didn't need to be there. It's it's I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it's a fucked up part of the system. I don't know if it's planned into the system, but it's definitely a fucked up part of the system where it's like you have that interaction oftentimes with the customers who have the least autonomy and authority in their own lives, and so they assume to a certain degree, that you must have some power or autonomy or authority in your position because you're just in that position. Or they know that you don't have that and, and they, they want to make you, like, they know they have power. And, like, there's a dude on TikTok who's like, there's a lot of people who go out to eat not because they want to serve a meal, but because they, they don't want to cook. It's because they want to be served. Oh, They yeah. want to have a servant. They want to have someone to tell what to do and boss around. And I see that shit. There are people that come in, and I'm like, "You must get some fucking kink out of this because this is fucking weird." Now, I can I can think of some people like that, refusing to staple your own two pieces of paper together. Well, I mean, when that, I handed it to you, that might be sovereign citizenship. That might be. You're not wrong. Oh, we haven't even gotten into the sovereign citizenship, Pat. No, we might. We should. You should do. You should. I should do a. I would like to look into that more, yeah. or at least just like. The ways in which people keep on pointing out that the system is rigged, but find the most fuckity way to try to fix it. Because that is that is absolutely such a fuckity way to do shit. Yeah, it's a it's a system that exists in a lot of places, not just customer service, where you get people to dislike each other so they don't change the things. Or it's kind of why we have a two party system in general. Well, yeah. So like, like sometimes people will like, oh, sorry, sorry, making you wait, and like. I'll say, well, I don't get paid enough to be in a hurry, so it's okay. And I keep thinking about this more and more that, like, my hours are getting cut because it's summer because they need because they can't afford it. Um, so I need to tighten my belt, even though I'm bearing the brunt of all of what's going on in the store. And by the way, it's it's this classic thing with all any time a business like says they that. didn't have to save for dry times. I needed to save for dry times. And and it's it's I don't know. It's just that classic thing that businesses pull where it's like they're lo- they're, they're looking at profit, at money, at additional money. 
right? Like, like, and I'm just looking at making my bills. And instead of instead of being like, well, we know this time is our slow time, so let's accommodate and like make sure we pay our employees a steady rate so that, and we we incorporate that. Instead of doing all of that, which might be a little work for somebody, it might mean the guy at the top means is a different kind of multimillionaire. They they just don't get to buy the newest model of car this year. Yeah, and instead or of that, or they don't need to buy this luxury good for six months. And instead of that, like instead of instead of just you having a consistent life, because like let's be clear, yeah, instead of I'm that, talking about losing about a hundred fifty to two hundred dollars per paycheck. That's like maybe what that's groceries eight paychecks. That's about sixteen hundred dollars that they're losing out on uh, if they carve out the budget for me to have enough hours. So like if they had just decided to have a rainy day fund for the slow months, then I could still. It's it's a myth. I would love people to shatter because I mean it's one that lived in me for a long time. But it's this idea that businesses are smart because they're businesses. Oh yeah, no, no, they are addicts chasing the next high. Well, and honestly, Portland's a really great place for it. I know it's true in a lot of places, but I think Portland, and I've said this before, is just one of these places where so many people are like, "Well, I want to play business person. Yeah, I want to play b- bakery owner. I want to play bar owner." And privilege, All this kind of shit. and privilege is my, 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 my therapist has said this to me before and it's, it's stuck, but like part of privilege is the ability to fuck up and mm-hmm. not really suffer consequences. Yep. And that's what a lot of these people do. I know I used to work at a, at a place and like the, the, the manager kind of knew she was bad at it, but she was like, but I just, I just like being a, I just like running my place. I just, I like my business. And it's like, that's fine, but like, do it when better. You, yeah, when you do it bad, it impacts your employees. And if yep. this if this collapses, you've already got fucking shit saved up. Your life isn't going to go from I don't have a job. Losing a business is honestly doesn't mean you go homeless nine times out of ten. It means oh shit, now I have to live on whatever. And saved. you maybe file bankruptcy. Yeah, and so so it's like because you can file bankruptcy on a business uh, debt. You can't on student loan. Yeah. I don't think that was a job that led to me being homeless, but that was one of the jobs where, like, losing that job meant I came really fucking close to it. And then when I did lose another job, did end up homeless. Like, just because you have to pay rent. Whether Even in my circumstances where my landlord is still super generous, I still have to pay something because, like, bills still have to exist. Like, the electricity is going to go off if I give zero dollars, right? And... It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's frustrating. It's fun to watch. It's. Well, another catch up thing we could talk about since we've complained about my job long enough um, would be that we played a D&D game. Yeah. Well, it's, I call Vampire. it D&D. I know it's not D&D. A tabletop role playing game. We played a TTRPG about being vampires. And uh, for what it's worth, we did record it. And for what it's worth, I think it sounds like dog shit. <laughs> yeah, so, it was it was it was bound to sound like dog shit. Uh, and a lot of that was, and also our equipment is being fuckety. Uh, yeah, and, if anyone knows how to finagle a Zoom tracker, yeah. podcast recorder that's only like allowing uh, powered audio through one port and one port alone, let us know. Well, it's allowing the power through the other port, but it's not feeding, it's not, the other mics aren't getting it. So I think, I think you're right that it is a power supply problem, 
but I don't know how to fix the problem. Yeah, same. I don't. So because we changed the battery, uh, right? Yeah, and also like I didn't, I didn't sound things out before. I didn't do enough sound check beforehand. So like, not only are we talking over each other in the game, we're oh also. Oh my god. Yeah, but we're also like the 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 dice were fucking blowing out the mics and stuff, and so it just it. Oh yeah, no, there were a lot of different things, and like, so we're gonna need to figure out how to control for that. But I will say. I was pretty nervous going into it, and it wasn't because of you or anything. I just, like, I'm nervous with anything sort of collaborative because I don't want to disappoint and make it unfun for other people. I was a bit pins and needles going into it, but it ended up being a lot of fun, and I... I, I definitely enjoyed it and would like to play again. Good. I, I enjoyed it, too. I really, uh... I, I have been really fascinated with the democratic nature of storytelling in the format of a game. Where I am telling a story and I'm giving you a narrative, but like we're writing it together. And like, yeah, the dice can influence it, but if we want, we can totally fucking ignore the dice. Like we can, we can get whatever we want out of it. Yeah, Rochelle can have as many fireworks on her as she wants at all times. And I do, I do like, spoilers, your character was blind. And I did absolutely think it was ingenious because it's like, who is the one person you're not going to suspect of a visual distraction measure? A blind person. Yeah, so to me, I yeah. was like, that's actually, when you asked that, I was like, all right, you're an absolute chaos goblin, and I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> so, full disclosure, I watch a lot of Dimension 20 now, thanks to Corey, uh, he's a pusher, uh, and um, there's at least, like, two players who are extremely chaotic and always really goofy, and they tend to be the ones that I enjoy the most, and so I think that kind of influenced a lot of my behavior, and also, like, I just... I didn't know what I wanted to do, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it seemed like Chelsea had a pretty clear idea of what she wanted her character to be. Same with Chris, same with Charlie, same with Corey. I, I, I'm i still really at a loss for what kind of character I'd want to play, but I, I can make decisions in the moment, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah. Chris Hickmont, Charlie, or Chris, Chris, Cox, Chris, Chris Charlie Hickmont, Chelsea Taylor, and Corey, Corey Taylor Cedarleaf. Thank you. I, I actually didn't remember Chelsea's name, so I'm glad you did. God, I'm uh, glad. I'm on top of everything. I'm, not, I'm I am here. notoriously bad with names. We already like that's that is definitely one of the weaknesses of the history episodes is how often I have to be like, what was that name that I didn't want to vote? Like? No, I was I was excited. Name blindness. A little bit, yeah. Uh, oh, but and to preface, my character was blind, but I could see blood. Uh, when you turned into a vampire, yeah, that was yeah, like that. That was the thing that and, and I the vampire gave me blood sight. So and I, I think that is blood. I think that is a thing that uh, uh, to give some to give some clarification to people. I tr- I actually only started playing D and D this last year or so when like a friend from back in the day you had before. But I had it was a long time ago. Yeah. And it wasn't a lot. Yeah, I had played like three games in the past. One and I one, played one game with Corey. One game was like I remember it so well actually because it was just I was like oh I want to do this all the time and it was just my buddy just being like all right roll your characters and we'll go on a little adventure. And we got in a fight in a pub before we even started it. And I was like, oh, my God, I want to play this all the time. Uh, and then we never played again. And then the other... Because one of the toughest things about D&D is the scheduling. Yeah. And it's, it also sucked because I had a lot of friends who had learning disabilities. And so they they would all struggle with absorbing the material. Uh, and so the other time I played D&D was much later. And I just... It, in hindsight, I think it was the DM style of DMing, and my understanding of the game did not work well together. Uh, that was most of what, like, they were, they're a good DM, but they weren't a good teacher. 
And so, like, they, they it's just what it is. The, the backtrack, though, because my friends didn't know how to read, and I'm also, I've, I'm really intimidated by number stuff. Like, math, it, it, math oddly sometimes comes to me easily. Sometimes it takes my, like, adjust. I don't like finite exact things. And so mathematics fucks with me as a little, my own. So you and I are the exact opposite. I would like to point out because I like the finite nature of numbers. Yeah, no, it it bugs me. And I dislike the ambiguity of verbal communication. See, I get, I get upset that two plus two is four because I'm like, well, what if. What is two plus two feeling five that day? Like, what if that's just where the feelings are? What if, what is the context of two and two? What are their emotional? I didn't think you could who ruin this. paid big two? I just, I guess I'm saying I didn't realize you could just ruin my day. No, I, I have that effect on just, people. Like the worst, the worst desire. <laughs> well, it's because, because I was intimidated by numbers like that. D&D intimidated me because there's so many different dice you're supposed to know about. And especially in earlier editions, you'd like, if I remember right, you had to have this thing where you had to hit a certain thing on the roll to roll to hit them. So you would have to, is, <laughs> or, or no, 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 you had to be, you had to get a, you had to be a certain level, like you had to be 15 to hit them at all in, in your attack bonus. And then if that was the case, then you could roll. Otherwise you just naturally couldn't attack them. Some, some, there was weird shit like that. And it just always, I was. Yeah, I feel like. I've heard also that the older iterations were a lot crunchier. Like, there was a lot more dice rolling and a lot more math yeah. that you had to do. And there's this whole other system called World of Darkness where they're like, do you want to tell a story and sometimes roll dice? But and also, that's the vampire one? Yeah, that's the vampire. And their whole, we'll, we'll have the patron so episode World roll. of Darkness, Vampire the Masquerade, what? World of Darkness is the overall universe. Vampire the Masquerade is part of that. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like the MCU, and then Vampire the Masquerade is like the individual Iron Man or Ant-Man franchise. So, uh, anyway, yeah, sorry. The more you talk about Vampire the Masquerade, the more I know that it definitely influenced how uh, Jim Butcher wrote the Dresden Files. I'm, I'm 100% sure. It and d- it makes me want you to read them even more. Uh, but well, and I guess I mean more in the sense that, like, the more you read the Dresden Files, the more you feel like he almost is playing a game and rolling dice. Yeah. And I can see that, like that. You and know that's, what I mean? And that's kind of what I liked about what I like about story. Or at least it's like I'm using. I can see through D and D the way writers actually write. Because like here, I'm gonna be really honest. I don't know how to write a story. That's fair. That's like I don't know how to create a story. I know how to retell you something or be like, what if? But that's about as far as I can get. It's really hard for me to combine those two skills into actually creating a story. And the more I've watched D&D, the more I'm like actually understanding how stories happen. The, the mechanics and how of they're it, written. yeah. Or at least like the things that you have to take into account and how, like, a, I'm basically seeing a trick of how to do that. Yeah. Well, I've, what I've come to appreciate is seeing how, um, I, like, because I, clearly I've played Vampire and I've absorbed it for a while and I've always enjoyed playing it. But I'd never really thought of it as a storytelling tool and device in terms of what storytelling can do. Like, like until. What, until kind of seeing some of the Dimension 20s and the critical roles. Uh, sorry, also the like New York by night, LA by night stories. But seeing um, the more collaborative nature. Because oftentimes when I've played with people, we've wanted to play a video game in storytelling form. Where we just want to agree 
on the rules of the physics that we're engaging in, right? I have come to see it more as like, oh, it's that engine can also be done, can be used to express bigger ideas and, yeah. and, and, and what those might mean to us or how we interact with them. And that was a, that was what I really appreciated you guys kind of being on board with right away was everyone being, cause even you saying like, Hey, I don't know what to do. That's you saying like, Hey, I'm invested in the story and I want it to turn out good. Yeah. And it's, one of the things we have to learn as storytellers is like it might not turn out good, but but it's in it's important to take the leap and whatnot. You know what I mean? And so like I, I it was cool to be reminded that like yeah you might not be familiar and comfortable, but like doesn't matter. You'll 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 you're will you trust me enough to trust you enough, which trust was trust you enough like an idiot. Yeah, yeah, which was an important no. lesson. Like it was I I I I was really. Like Chris's character, spoilers for when we we record this for real, is going to be a furry or is a furry. However, yeah. however time works in this context, and it was really in, informative to as a storyteller. I needed to real quick like brush up on what that meant because even if I might have my usual like bullshit biases, I felt like it was important to learn, and it definitely changed a bunch of my information because I really had put it as a sexual kink thing and it really more is, hey, I just like fucking fuzzy animal cartoons. I like cartoons a lot. That's the most important thing and like I would rather be associated with this thing in an almost totemic sense or, or, or an animistic sense where it's I appreciate the qualities of coyote or squirrel the same way I appreciate the coyotes of Roger Rabbit. Like, like as an, as an entity or a concept. And like, that really spoke to me. And I was like, oh, okay, now I see what you're actually going for here. It's not about like, I want to get dressed up like a wolf and get railed. It's, I mean, it is in some part. In some, and it's, it's not, not that, but the more, but the, it's more than that. Yeah. And that also like kind of, that made me realign some shit I had thought about just general queer identity where like, I sometimes forget like, oh yeah, it's not about boning. It's about love. Like when a kid comes out as like I'm gay at twelve or whatever, it's not it's not them being like I really want to dick down other dudes. It's them being like, oh, I get butterflies in my stomach from boys, not from girls. And like we put the context in it because when I get butterflies in my stomach, I want to dick down the thing that puts butterflies in my stomach sometimes. <laughs> and like, not and not. It's really weird when that's a bucket of KFC chicken, but you know what? I just leave the room. Right, and I appreciate it because you know when I get that look and I start being and like, like, "All right, Pat's gonna fuck some chicken." I start, start singing "Butterfly in the Sky." <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna you fuck start, that thing. Come, 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 my lady, come, come, my lady, you're my butterfly chicken, baby. <laughs> I'm just unbuttoning my shirt <laughs> while I sing it. And I'm just like, God damn it! I'm never gonna forget that song. <laughs> it's never gonna leave. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. I I was in surprise. I was surprised how much fun I had. You are a good storyteller, uh, and Thank I you. think everybody at the table was there to have a good time. Uh, Corey luckily took notes for me because I was too busy paying yeah. attention. To and we'll notes. we'll. I, I definitely want to think of that more as a dress rehearsal because I wanna I want to do that one, and I want to do. I've I think I've told you of about like two or three different ideas. No where more. I'm like, like, stop spo- stop spoiling yeah. it. I want to be surprised. Well, I do, I do have a, a Doctor who one, and maybe I, I want to look into the rights of thing. My biggest issue is I don't want to do something that'll get us sued when I don't have any money or, or, or put a bunch of effort into something and then have to delete it or destroy it because right. of legal reasons. I don't mind not putting it up because I think it sucked. I yeah. do mind when some business is like, well, we didn't make money off of it, so you can't. Me, me, me. 
and White Wolf's been really good about like if you follow our rules, then we don't give a fuck. And so like I wanted to, yeah. I want to make sure I do kind of have an idea with the D and D system, but it's also like if D and D keeps being assholes, I don't know if we'll right. What we'll maybe we'll because I our the next story after Vampire is me homebrewing through a bunch of system, a bunch of the things I've liked, and being like. Game. And yeah, that's so. This is the wild thing too. Is like I didn't realize until watching more stuff that like there are different systems out there other than D and D. So like that's when I understood the word TTRPG means something uh, specific, and like most people say D and D when they mean yeah. that. Um, and like uh, Abria runs the campaign, the Harry Potter Harry Potter spoof one, which I still haven't watched all the way through, and I want to. But, like, what I really like is when you fail a roll, you gain an adversity yeah. token that you can then use later on another roll. And so I like the idea that even when you fail, at least you're gaining something that can be used in the future. Because, I mean, that's half yeah. of how you have to view failure in this life. Especially if you're really good at it! Uh, another variation on that, although it's a D&D thing, is uh, uh, I heard Brandon use it of... of you roll two dice, but not for advantage or disadvantage. Just whichever one is furthest from ten is what you get. So if it's negative, if it's two, uh, but you also got seventeen, the two gets it because it's eight away. Uh, so you roll the one essentially, no matter what. Like it, it no matter. No, it's two's farther away than seven, though. That's what it? I mean. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you'd get the seventeen. No, no, you'd get oh, the you'd two. Get rid of the one that's closest. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. And so you get the worst result, or the so it's one of those things where it's like, is are you going to get a dramatic or a successful, or, or a dramatic success or a dramatic failure? Which one do you want? Well, I mean, not which one do you want? Which one do the dice want to want to decide? And like for a not religious person, I respect chaos enough to be like, come sit in our story, chaos. Let's see yeah. what you give us. Especially because the DM can always nudge Again, chaos. A place where we totally diverge is that. I think you find comfort in chaos, and I am like totally just like pooping myself. I it's 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 not exclusively chaos. It's I take comfort in I, I do take comfort in chaos, but in the sense that like in a weirdly godlike way, where I'm like chaos is so much bigger than me and uncontrollable that I just have to accept it is chaos just is. And so, like, my reaction to it is much more, it, it is like a, a, a meteor falling down where I'm like, well, I can't stop the meteor. What can I do to either be prepared post or, or See, during and or meteor is a bad example. Now but. I'm thinking, though, that we're very similar. You just have more of an optimistic look about it when I just feel like I'm always worrying. No, I mean, I am always, that is, that is the, <laughs> that is the beauty of me is I manage to both be worried and not worried at at all times, like I'm. It's the thing about these, uh, these uh, um, chaosses. Yeah. They keep getting older, and they stay the same age. I thought you were going. I don't know how that worked, but it, it seemed right in my head. I thought I thought you were going for the like. That's the thing, Cap. I'm always chaos. I mean, and then and then yeah. I punch. I don't know. To me, it's more of a like. I know I'll never be able to control everything. So it's it's more of that serenity prayer thing of like I accept that there's just shit I can't control, and yeah. and I take comfort in knowing. Chaos is kind of neutral in that sense. Like, it just doesn't care if you're rich or poor or whatever. It's just going to happen. Yeah. That, that's why I want income equality, because then chaos reigns, I guess, in a right. weird way. Oh, and I mean, I think the the thing we could wrap up the episode about would be that we went to your daughter's 
graduation. graduation. Yeah. Which means... Uh, Which meant I willingly went into a Christian church. Yeah. Which hasn't happened in a very long time. And I want to I wanna kind of make a, a an explanation of, like, I haven't talked about my daughter on the show as much for a trio of reasons. A quad of reasons. I don't know. Well, One, for most of it, she wasn't an adult. That. So. For another, I don't like making words about other people who can express themselves. Yeah. Um, and for another thing, uh, uh, not just the, the having to be, we'll address that part in a minute, but also, like, I'm not a fan of parents who speak for their children. Like, my, my, if I have done anything right as a parent, I believe it's that I've always thought of my child as an eventual adult, an eventual sentient well, being. Well, an expert on themselves. Yeah, like they're they're living their existence. And so to me, it's never like I've never tried to be a lord over her nearly as much as I've just tried to mentor and do do what I wish I'd had or or what I knew I needed. And the what I knew I needed part is sometimes tricky because like you don't know what you needed at 13 or 15 you might know at 35 what you needed at 15 but you can't be sure if what i can never be sure if what i needed at 15 is going to be what she needed at 15 yeah so like there, there's a lot of that and that's that uncertainty thing that i take comfort in and it's like well i can't control so much so i will just try to control what i can and that's yeah, usually where and my a, first and a way to con- a way to be more in control is to limit how you speak about it and shape it to yeah. people who are not going to meet your daughter and, and also don't really that's none of their business so yeah they're not they're not gonna miss her i'm a surprising like for a person who goes out and airs all their dirty laundry pretty regularly i'm a pretty private person in a bunch of weird way i explain i say kind of what i want not what i want other people to know you know what i mean like i say what i want people to know not necessarily yeah. I'm pretty tight on that. And, and also, like, it's, it's, I've never wanted to capitalize on someone else's existence if I could help it, especially my own child's. Yeah. And so, like, I've been, it always, it's grossed me out in the past when I've seen comedians that have too little of a boundary between their child and whatnot. And it's also, I'm just narcissistic enough to think if, like, someday we're, we have a big enough audience that there are hate listeners. I didn't want anyone to fucking track down my kid and give her a bunch of bullshit. Like, that's yeah. fucking a kid, like you said at the start. Uh, but there is the bigger issue of of she had to be closeted uh, because of her environment that I wanted to talk about. I mean, about. have you talked about this at all in the podcast? No, no, because this is the first time it's come up. We're yeah, gonna, yeah. We're going to, we are going to, it's been, since she came out to me last summer, at the end of last summer, it's been kind of a goal because she was 18 to have, She's 19, uh, she's 19 in the future. She'll be 19 by the time this episode comes out. It's always been a goal to, cause I've talked with her for a while, uh, to see her comfort level with it and or to wear her down. I don't know where that line is, but I've wanted to do an exit interview of like you as a person, as a young person who's still in their teens. I would like you to honestly give me an evaluation as a parent so that other parents who might be struggling can, can, can think about it and can, can know. You know, and sometimes people tell me I'm a good parent. So, like, what have been the so that I know? And and I definitely was like, once they're 18, we will legally, it won't be uncomfortable legally. And then they were like, well, how about I finish school? And then I was like, yeah, we we can wait till you're done with school. And I mean, we just went to her graduation, so she's done. Yeah. But so when I when I knew you had a kid, but like 
Uh, you didn't, you don't talk about, you didn't talk about her a ton, but you would talk about her. And, uh, I think there was one point you're like, I'm pretty sure my kiddo's non-binary. Uh, and you're like, but I don't think she's going to tell me yet. So I'm just kind of waiting. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, I, I approached, smelled the queer on her. Well, okay, but I, I but you cho- more than not chose to keep but especially away from her. especially with comedians because I just didn't trust them to be respectful. Yeah, of of my child's autonomy and their age because, like, to me, it's not about uh, uh, banning my kid from information. It's about being prepared to give them the context for what they're learning. Right. Mm-hmm. Sex isn't something that we don't talk about. It's can we talk about it within context and and in a timetable that is respectful to the context. Me, I, I totally have had a joke for years that it's I drove I did it in one conversation with my kid in a car. And instead where I was like, just don't come in vaginas. Right. Because to me, that's the dumbest, funniest way that you could have done that. And like that is what it's like. Anyway, I didn't. Sex Ed's conversation was over the course of several years. Like, hey, now that you're, you're, if you're feeling something, like, feel free to let me know. If you're starting to feel different about people, hey, if you need to be safe, though, do know about condoms. If you have questions, don't be scared kind of thing. And make sure we have an hour set aside where we're just hanging out playing cards anyhow after I engage that so that, like, hey, you don't have to talk about no pressure. But, you know, while we're playing magic, maybe you're like, so, like, are boobs fun? You know what I mean? Uh, like, I don't think she ever asked that, but like, I mean, it's, you gotta ask. No, but it was important to me to, to 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 make it let her know that that was a place she could speak to you. Yeah, but she didn't have to unless she wanted to. And and when it came to the and the other thing is like, I might be fucking. I know I'm poor white trash, and the whole theme of the show is that I'm 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 poor white recyclables, right? Uh, trying to be, trying to be not problematic recyclables, I guess. Anyway, so I've paid attention to what the queer experience of my other friends are, and I've tried to just pay attention to what it takes to be a good parent, right? Like, and, and yeah, you notice what their parents did wrong. Yeah, and, and I the ways that they felt neglected, left out, or hurt. And and my own brother was trans, and like I've definitely at times had questions about my own sexual so identity. It's your brother's fault. We, according we, to someone. So I paid attention to what my, my, my friends who have been queer, non-binary, queer, trans, all that, what they've said. I paid attention to what just activists, what entertainers, what, what public speakers, what, what inf- fucking influencers, how TikTokers have said, even though I don't TikTok. What you've sent me of what TikTokers have said, right? Yeah, I send you good ones. And one of the things that came Very up- Very good ones. One of the things that came up a lot is when- a kid starts dating and one of the people they're attracted to is somebody who is non-binary, who is queer, who is gender non-conforming in some way, there's a good chance it's going to be a thing that you're, the, the other, like, like attracts to like in a certain sense, just in that you're like, I'm attracted to you without maybe realizing, like, I just appreciate that we have similarities because the young mind is developing and stuff. And so her girlfriend, which was what they identified as, so I'm comfortable saying that, uh, tended to identify as non-binary, maybe asexual or a a gender, not asexual. A-gender. And I was like, "Oh, mathematically speaking, that ups the chance that my child is going to do that." But then that also got me to thinking about like autonomy and freedom and rights. And like one of my things has always been, I never asked to be born. My kid, I never got my kid's permission for them to be born. So, like, maybe it's really fucking weird of me to, if I think gender is a construct, to have assigned gender to them. And right around that time, I started trying to use they more regularly, especially in my writing, 
if I wrote online, just just because I was like, oh, like that's just more respectful until they tell me otherwise, right? And uh, in fact, I guess the reason they wanted yeah, to have you just want to indoctrinate your kid, Pat. Well, no, when they turned, yeah, because they turned eighteen at the start of summer, and I was like, hey. You're 18, and I really do want to tell you, I think the biggest mistake I've made as your parent, like, there's there's a number of them as I prioritize trying to make money over trying to be in your life, for sure, like, trying to be stable with cash instead of just be a dad. Uh, and I also tried to be, tried to enjoy my youth instead of focusing on priority at times, too. Like, I would, you know, I get drunk before work instead of like, well, I don't need to get drunk. You're going to be there after work kind of thing. Like I didn't, I fucked up in ways like that. But the other thing was I made choices like gender for you. Like if I could go back with information and give information to old me, the number one thing I would have said was start with they, start with they, and then let them make the choice as puberty hits, as they start feeling the butterflies. But the other thing... I mean, some of these kids know before puberty even yeah. does, though, too. So it's like, just let them decide in general. Yeah. Don't and, put a timeline on it, necessarily. And the, figure it out. Yeah, and the third biggest one was, which relates to that specifically in all of this context, was like, I didn't fight for her a lot as a kid when certain things felt really important to me because my own dad was just such an over like my dad would just be like hey it's just gotta be this way even though he was like in prison and i hadn't seen him in like five or six years my family would try to respect that or or move their wishes around to that or be like what's it mean if he says this and we do like it would be a big deal and to me that's just fucked up like he he made his decision as far as parenting vis-a-vis parenting through his actions right yeah and I didn't want to be an overlord or an influence or, or create any kind of turbulence when her mom was doing so much to raise her in a more stable environment. So when she was kindergarten preschool, her mom chose to put her into Jesus-y school. And, and I was against that because of a variety of reasons. Like, like, uh, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to help to have a smaller class size. I thought having us, one of us around. Like, I even pitched, like, hey, I know I'm poor, but my girlfriend at the time is willing to kind of take care of me. So what if I raised her, like, the five days a week for school, and then you got her on weekends when you're off? I hate money. I don't care about child support. Just this seems like the best thing for the kid. And just the decision was kind of overwhelmingly made that, like, no, we'll do this school thing. And so, like, I'm bad at math. A decade later, she tells me at 18, like, Hey dad, she said, Hey dad, I think you should know you have a daughter. Or I don't know how to say this, but you have a daughter. And my first thought was like, with who? Like, what the fuck? Like, uh... no. And then I, but also then I was like, wait, how do you know ahead of me? <laughs> like, how do you uh... know and know? What is, what did your mom tell you? Like, Someone took a 23 in me. Um, you know, like how they don't want uh, service members to do a uh, 23 in me's because the gov- U.S. government doesn't want to pay for all their kids. Yeah. My kid, my kid did it to find out if I was really her dad, and then she found out I have like five more kids out there that I didn't even know about. I'm, the, the true Jamie Stewart, yeah. Of it all. Uh, shout out to Jamie, I love him. Oh, Jamie, we love you. Listen to the emotional weather, weather report. report. Yeah, shady yeah. pines. Shady pines. Shady pines. I don't shady know. pines. Yeah, I don't remember what time it is. I do not either. I'm, I'm bad at being a friend. But she, she came out to you, but she still had to spend the last school year obviously yeah and there were points in time where her presentation was put in question and yeah she was redirected to 
be a different way. As yeah, well. and her her uh, w- one of her grandmothers is yeah, fuck that bit. Yeah, she's nineteen. Like my my big thing has always been like I didn't want to talk shit when she was a kid and she couldn't make decisions for herself. And well, so because you're talking about someone else's family. And and know? that was another thing I hated as a kid was my parents would talk shit on my dad and I'd be like, yeah, no, I know. But, like, could you guys remember he's also my dad? And so, like, I was uh, pretty... I, 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 I have consistently tried to not talk shit about other members of her family while she was a child. And I felt like I could influence her. But in, in, in current iterations, like, now that I don't have to worry about that, like, she's out of school, fuck that bitch. Yeah. This, yeah, this uptight... Yeah, this uptight Christian chick is the old lady is the main reason that, like, all of this family kotos to this shit. And it's, like, a whole lot of, like, well, do you have to? Which is, like, the liberal response. Like, the... the, Because the conservative response is, like, fuck you, you're wrong, don't, right? And the liberal response is, like, do you have to? Like, do I have to do work? Why are you giving me work? And it, it... it grosses me out more than the other one infuriates me, oddly. Because the other one, I'm like, well, I know how to respond to that. Fuck you. This other one, I'm like, how? Why? You're it's, ma- it's when you can see that someone can have an arbitrary line in the sand about something that's, uh, like, moral in nature. It's like when I was... Uh, and it's not... Here's the thing. It shouldn't be a moral question. No, if, it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Um, but like, so we went to the graduation, you, me, and a couple of your other friends, we all mm. sat in the back, um, which thank God we did because it was unfucking real. And there were points I had to hold in laughter and what the fucks. I was full on disassociating for a lot of it. Uh, uh highlights. The, the first, the first highlight, cause it will put a lot of other things into context is we were the only people with masks. Yeah. We were the only people wearing masks in the whole church. And like, I'm just going to say this now to anybody who's listening. COVID is not over. People are still dying. This virus is still mutating. We probably all have long COVID at this point and are doing permanent irreparable damage to our bodies and our fucking DNA. And also... If we're not taking care of ourselves by masking and getting... How how has COVID not taught us how to stop all or or so many other communicable diseases that we're not just taking those measures? And it, it, it is fucking gaslighting as shit. But it also meant that I could full on. Sh- I, there were times I was laughing silently because I was just like, <laughs> "Oh no, everything was ridiculous." And like, yeah, you could definitely tell people were looking at us out of the, through the corner of their eye and stuff and judging. We, like, we, I could see some dude looking pretty crabby at us because we were wearing masks, which was fine because my my one friend was dressed pretty provocatively, but not not. She was not dressed provocatively. Not not provocatively. She was she was dressed very very. Not very conservatively. Let me put it that way. She yeah. was dressed not very conservatively. And but so everyone- there, was other, there was another woman there who had like a pretty low cut dress on. I mean, she had yeah. full sleeves, but it was pretty low yeah. cut. But yeah, it was. there was a lot of conservative dress. And I went as gender non-conforming as possible yeah. while still feeling comfortable in my own presentation. Because I didn't want to... My, my thing is like, I don't mind pinking it up and feminine it up, but I don't want to lie about my own... Uh, I'm not going to fucking dress as a girl no stolen to, valor from pat yeah yeah so i didn't mind but i didn't mind showing up in my pink shirt and what i, I, I call I wore, I wore rainbow eye makeup and uh i wore a shirt that says ban is fascist to the void some of the real standout moments to me were uh the commencement address from one of the teachers was just all about work and how fucking important work is and if you're not working you're not really living your potential and just are you fucking working can you fucking work don't and you're gonna hate work but keep working but keep doing it just fucking work 
So I don't know if that was just jam poetry about how he felt about his job. He also referenced Frank Sinatra in the most awkward way possible. He brought he brought up TikTok. Yes. In that sentence was it that Frank Sinatra would have had a lot of TikTok. No, followers? no, no. He said he said I know people who have TikTok won't know who Frank Sinatra is because he was he was a speech that I kept disassociating on specifically because he would make these points that I kind of would agree with. And then he would have this, like, he was like, you know, community is about people working together, but work is an individual isolationist thing and you need to be good at it by yourself. And I was like, that's not where, yeah, where did this come? Like, so I would not hear the next sentence. I'd be like, I'll, I'll, just, just keep it together, Pat. And he talked about being an old man and he's only 31. And I was like, I, I, I think you put it best when you're like, you're not old, you're just boring. Yeah, I was like, you, you confuse old and boring. They I are do, very distinct things. I do kind of think where he was coming from with the speech about work is the kids got to choose like a, a class verse because it's a, a Jesus mm-hmm. school and their verse was about two working together being stronger than one. And it says specifically working. I also think the kids put it uh, in there because it says when two lay together, they are warmer than one. Yeah, and I'm about like, fucking. and I was like, if I was in high school, I would have totally picked this verse and been like, <laughs> so I could see, I could see that. But it, it did, doesn't seem very pro poly relationships, though. Well, so. no, it did. It did say a chord of three is stronger than a chord of one. So, like, maybe, maybe. Only throuples. Yeah, only... only The Holy Trinity, if you will. Yeah, yeah, the Father, the Son, The mystery. Yeah. You know? Is that... Oh, that's right, you Catholics have, like, the... Oh, yeah, so in Catholicism, um, Jesus, God the Father, and the Holy Spirit are all the same person, but they're not. For some reason, I thought you guys had the Holy Ghost. I think it might be the Pentecostal. No, Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, same thing. Okay, no, I thought... Holy Ghost is... It just wasn't what I grew up saying, so it's not what I think of okay, as I thought, the Holy Spirit. I thought you guys had a different name for the for the third part. Like, it was like the Holy Sacrament or something. But no, I, guess I mean, there are seven sacraments. Oh, okay. So I think I just I just confused the I've other parts of your mythology. four of them. Three of them? Four of them. Baptism, First Confession, First Communion, and I've been confirmed. I haven't been married. I haven't become a priest or a nun or whatever. I mean, I can't become a priest. Um, and I haven't died or had the the death rites done. Those are there, so there's seven total. That's funny. I haven't. I know for a fact I've had baptism and first communion, and I know I've been confirmed. You never had first confession, or because because Methodists don't do confession. Oh fuck you guys! Although although I've always wanted to go to confession, like it's been it's creepy and weird. I know it's, it's just been. Weird I have I have therapy, so I don't need it. But like it's always been a lifelong obsession well, of get mine. This. So like with the older kids, um, there was a priest who would consistently come to dinner at our house, and so just imagine if he's the one you're going no, to confession for. That's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just always loved the idea. There was. At the bottom, at like Prescott. And I mean, you never confess the real things. Yeah, well, that's what I imagine. At like Prescott. Oh, I got mad at my parents. At at Prescott and like 108th, there was a church that always advertised open confessions or whatever, like like public confessions at such and such a time and like membership at this time. And like, I was just always like, I kind of want to go just to know what happens and also to be like i mean they do it in the movies all the time so you probably can that that's why because you want to go together i won't go like and do it but i'll sit while you do it i mean maybe it would just be kind you of have to start out with bless me father for i've sinned i thought it was forgive me father yeah i guess it's forgive me oh. father bless me no bless me honey honey bless and me. then it's it's vesticles no, testicles no. No. wallet watch forgive me father for i've sinned it's been x amount of time since my last confession for me it would be it's been 20 years, 19 I, years since my last confession. 
Could I just count the last time I tripped really hard on shrooms? No. No? No? I so mean, I mean, you can make up whatever number you want. Fair. Like, I don't fucking care. Like, but, dude, like, I don't consider tripping on shrooms to be a confession. No, I will sometimes really let shit go to God at that point. Like, that's... that's <laughs> like, I'm secretly... Re- I'm... I'm, this is a thing that has frustrated a number of friends and family that, like, I firmly believe in God, but I also firmly think he's an asshole or things would be different. And, like, there's just a thing a lot of people have been like, how do you reconcile that? And I'm like, the world has these moments of absolute beauty and then we have to go to work. Yeah. And, and God didn't stop that. That's, that's on him. But I still love, like the idea of a God. Like, it's just, it just, it, I don't know. It's weird to me. It's okay. You're weird. I'm weird. I, We're both weird. The the to go back to the the oh oh no the 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 icing on the cake and I'm gonna say it I'm gonna say it wait before there, let's before we get to the best part the, some some other highlights that bugged me was there's a board of directors for a school yeah there's a board of directors and a president who spoke and the board of directors also prayed on behalf of the board of directors and I was like this is some Illuminati shit yeah this no, is some it was, weird it was shit creepy they so you know when a comic will. They have a go-to line. Like, you know how they'll have, you, you, you'll have your butt, like, you might have glasses material, I have but I'm sad, waka waka material, yeah, right? right? They totally used Bible verses that way, where they were like, I don't have a strong finisher, so Bible verse. Like, yeah. like, oh, oh, yeah. like, so, so much, so that, also, the, the, before we get to the really travesty, two young ladies who, who did their best, they they did their best for being uh, teenage girls singing at a church. The time some the time I broke comedically the most was as they're getting ready to sing. There's like that weird little. It's like recorded music being fed in so that people but they could see. Started singing yet? And Rochelle just leans over to me and goes, "How funny would it be if they sang WAP?" And I just fucking <laughs> I could not because the whole time they're singing like Hosanna, and I'm just hearing wet ass. Pussy, yeah. But like, I was dying. I'm just gonna say though, it's Pat. I had a whole different experience than you because, like, I grew up going to church and I went to a Catholic school, so like, I know Christian services, and I do feel like it was somehow more Jesusy. But maybe that's me not recollecting very well. Yeah. But when it comes to the singing part, when you're singing in front of the church, you are hot shit. That is the closest you're getting to Britney Spears, all yeah, right? Yeah. No, I used to love telling stories in front of the church. That was my, yeah. that I used well, to be. Well, and I liked singing in church. Yeah. That was my favorite thing to do. Oh, Twyla's friend won, like, the most inspirational award. And he's in a wheelchair. And so it was like they read the kids' reasons for voting for him, and at least a quarter to half of them were like, "Well, he's in a wheelchair." And he's so. never well. He's in a wheelchair, and he's never sad. And I'm like, "Well, that's a commentary on society, a little shit." Like, yeah. That's- <laughs> and also, it's just like it's just so inspiring. He never complains. He never this. He never that. And it's like, I hope he complains. You get the right to complain if you don't get to walk. And like, also, that just makes anyone else who complains feel like shit hey, because you're like, he's not complaining. Yeah, he's not complaining. Uh, Your problem is not that big, okay? The the kid who has this fairly. Shit was the kid whose parents can afford to send him to a private institution somehow is 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 not having the worst experience with disability. Yeah, no, exactly. no shame on that kid. F- kids no, with shit. He sounds like a badass yeah, no, no. kid. I've, uh, they, they, uh, he's been friends with Twilight forever, 
and 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 uh, their mom was is one of the moms that's like, no, I I kind of get that maybe you're not a piece of shit, and and whatever your ex has said about you might be slightly yeah, hyperbolic. I will take this uh, with a grain of salt. Well, it's that um, it's that weird thing of like people confuse hippies with. I, I've always been kind of an angry hippie. And people assume that that's also like I'm gonna. You're gonna Ted Kaczynski shit. Yeah, yeah. R.I.P. 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 Ted Kaczynski. Uh, Yeah. No, uh, I was gonna say too. And from a comic standpoint, like one of the kids gave a speech, and then Frank was supposed to speak, and no one fixed the mic for him. So then he's like trying to reach up and fix his mic, and I was just like, oh my god, bad mic etiquette all around. But then like three of the kids jumped at once to help him, which which was was really great. Yeah, Yeah. So I was like, and no one was intentionally letting him flounder, but I was like, you think about this beforehand. And this entire time, we're also all angry to some degree because, like... We have to be in a room full well, of all this bullshit. And and, the, and my daughter, who we all love in some capacity... And doesn't get to be herself. Doesn't get to be fucking herself. And I mean, she had phenomenally beautiful uh, gel nails on. Oh, yeah. She figured out her way to be herself and, like... And she had I, a bunch of Lilo and Stitch pins on her hands. Yeah, cute. and and so all of that is going on, and then and then fucking the 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 well, the most beautiful moment happened. The, well, it had several lead up moments. Yeah, but like so, they're giving this is one this of, this was also the teacher that has caused the most. Here's here's the thing. This is the creepy ass bitch who creepy ass shit. Who would like daughter would like touch her hair and be like, uh, Oh, I love your hair. Like we're it's just so curly and I love it. And would tell her essentially like the, the I don't remember the exact wording of the conversation, but was essentially like if if you're feeling like you're not what you are, that's just mental illness. Yeah, that's just I'm a psychologist and I know what mental illness is. Yeah, so is. this woman is a child psychologist and, and uh, she's an expert on telling a trans kid that they being trans is a mental illness. And so that's already our opinion of her. She yeah, goes exactly. Up. So we're we're going into this. Hoping this lady eats shit and dies. She mispronounces one. She she does. Okay, here's the thing. I have as a joke on the show a number of times. Intentionally forgo- mispronounced my name or people from history. Or forgotten the year something happened in and done that thing where I'm like 18. But also this isn't some kid's high school graduation. One of the kids, she lo- she totally did a thing where she was like, this is, I'm going to make up his name, Stephen. And she like tried to like... Not because it was uh, an Asian, uh, South Asian, Southeast Asian last name, and she tried to like get the hard, the easy part out, and then the, like trailed off for the 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 more complicated, nuanced part. Like I totally got that because I do that move all the time, and like as a host, I've also caught when I've forgotten someone's name, and you're like, "This is Rochelle, Rochelle, give it up for everybody." But it's also not someone's high school graduation. But so she did this with one gentleman's name a couple times and then finally got it right and, and it, on it the was, third time. Yeah. But the other one was someone who was a foreign exchange student from an East Asian country. And honestly, looking at her name, I would need her to tell me how to pronounce it. I'm going to be honest. It's a difficult to pronounce But you're name. not her but assistant I'm not, principal. I'm not her fucking principal. I'm not getting paid to um, foster her education, and I'm not a part of this ceremony honoring her and her achievements. But what this woman does is just stumble the fuck over that name, and then afterwards went, 
or something like that. No, she and said or whatever. No, no, it was or something okay. like that. I swear to okay, God, okay. it was or something I thought, like I that. I thought it was or like I thought it was slightly it more was dismissive. Just as dis- oh no, both of those are extremely dismissive. I feel like or something like that is you realizing you fucked up and you don't want to fuck up more. Yeah, or whatever way, is you saying still, like I fucked up, but no, whatever. Corey was telling me because Corey went to a school that had a lot of uh, immigrants from other countries who had complicated to say names. It was like the school president's job. To learn how yeah. to say everyone's name and then, like, pass that on to other, like, teachers and faculty. And Corey went to public school. And Corey where, went to public school with oh, a fuck ton of kids. Where graduating class sizes can be, like, in the hundreds. Yeah, exactly. There were about a dozen kids here. It was less than how many fingers and toes you most... Uh, a, a traditional human has more toes and fingers than and, there were in this class. And and she got it wrong. And then she stumbled through it the second time and did that thing of, like, see, I, I, I know, like... It was just, it was awful. And, like, when she did that, I literally went, what? Yeah, no, all three of, I think all four of us gave a visceral, like, we all four had an auditory. I think I did my, like, my, my, what the, I thought I said what the fuck, or I started to, I think. It was either me or, because I was at least like, what? No, yeah, I think I think it might have been you saying what, and I was like, I got ready to, to, because we were. To finish it out. We were doing our best to, like behave ourselves all of us because it was it was really hard it was hard in the sense of like if this if this had not been for a young person if this had not been specifically for my young person and they had specifically and vocally said i know who you are dad and i know the amount of a stink you can make if you really want to get attention on yourself please don't for my sake and and so none of us did yeah but like at the same time I think that was the best case scenario for any of us. Like, like I was very, I was very, it was embarrassing in a lot of ways. And it also embarrassed me because the, the problem with this kind of schooling in particular, like I've told you before, is I have a lot of respect, as I've kind of mentioned, saying like, I kind of believe in God. I have a fair amount of respect for people who are what I see as good faith religious not not like their good faith is in their faith is good, but as in they're engaging in faith, their religion in good faith. It's not a tool to them. It's, it's, it's not a weapon. Yeah, they look at the universe and say, there are deeper mysteries, and I think this might be the lens through which I explore it. I can respect that. And I can even respect, like, hey, I'd like a curriculum that, that recognizes that. I can. I can't. You, you're, and again, this, uh, that's that no, thing. No, I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going to say why I can't. No, go ahead. Because, like, I can't respect that because spirituality is so personal. So to think that a curriculum in a school is going to save your kid instead of letting them make their own decisions, because, like, because that's what I don't think they're doing here. Is 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 yeah? Well, yeah or and what and they, I guess yeah. what I mean is like. If you really want your kid to believe, you need to give them the opportunity to come to that themselves instead of forcing it down their throats and keeping them away from the general population. Yeah. It's like the beginning of the Dimension 20 campaign, Fantasy High, where um, Allie's character is like, no, I want to be around kids who aren't in my church. And so to segregate yourselves, to pay extra money to separate yourselves from them, because, like, I went to Catholic school. It did not make me a better person. I did not have a safer education. Um, there may have been some benefits, but that would not be for everyone. And it's not, like, I just cannot respect someone using a faith that has been so weaponized. Like, I just can't. No, no, no. And like, I... to align yourself spiritually with the same people 
that literally make kids like your daughter kill themselves. Well, you're not coming to my church school then. That's exactly. fine. But you're I'm just not- saying, like, I don't, I'm not an atheist, but I don't think that any of the ways that we have structured religion are really helpful. Yeah. And I think that all of them are a fucking cult. And the longer I think about it, that's the only thing I can come to. I don't I don't disagree with any of that. But I can respect that that if you have bought into the marketing that Christianity has most of the time, that like it's a world out to get your kids, that like I I can uh, but that's what church is supposed to be for. That's what a religious that's what that is for anyhow. And like you said, your job is that. But I can at least I can respect the math there. Most of these people aren't doing that. They're doing the thing, uh, the other thing that you mentioned, which is they're trying to isolate their kids because they have money and wealth that they want to use to buy privilege. Like they're, they're basically saying, I don't want my kid in public school. I don't want him around the poors. But they don't have enough money to put them into a truly prestigious institution. So it's like, what is my middle ground? Well, fine. I'll slap some religious, some religion on it. And there's also, I'm sure, more than a few people who do it more like, hey, I don't even have my own morality. I don't want to bother to teach my kids shit. Fuck it. Slap some Christianity onto, slap whatever you want onto it. I'm going to shove my kid in that because I'm too lazy to parent in a real way these kind of institutions are an easy way to be like, well, no, I'm teaching my kid how to be more moral because I'm putting them in a religious environment, even though like the the two don't necessarily equate, but you can trick yourself into that. So like that's those three people are the ones that are converging into this institution. And it's also like, yeah, those are the three biggest problems in the United States, specifically in society in general, is people who think religious fanaticism means they need something special and unique, people who want to buy their way out of being poor, and people who just don't care as long as they don't actually have to engage in problems. And so I'm like, cool, you put all of that in the same environment, I'm going to hate every step of it. Yeah. And like, it, it sucks because... It goes back to that apology I gave to my kid of, like, if I had fought when she was five or six, when when the conversation was public versus private more, if I had felt more comfortable being a more disruptive force in a way, then, like, maybe all of this wouldn't have happened. There would have been, like, a magic club in their other school. Yeah, probably. Or she would have started it. Exactly. But, so, so it, it, it was, it sucked for me in that context. It's been interesting because I've had to talk to her a number of times, or or we've had a conversation. I haven't had to a number of times of like I guess kind of preparing her for the fact that she's inevitably gonna kind of be let down by that reality, and like trying to at least get it into context because I think right now she's really angry at her mom for putting her there without seeing her mom's point of view, which was her mom was like, "You're you're struggling in school, and I can't figure out a way to be there for you more." So this private institution will solve the problem because she doesn't, she can't think outside the box and be like, oh, my, my husband, who I think of as a deadbeat because he can't provide monetarily could provide educationally or, or, or whatever. I don't know. It's also hard because I don't want to come off like I'm morally superior in my position. Like I made. No. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, I mean, I, I get to hear from Corey's dad and how he, everything would have been different if he hadn't gone to prison and all that kind of shit. And I don't think you come along, come across that way, but I can understand that fear as well. And well, it's, it sucks about prison dads because like had one of those and like there are a lot of prison dads that they wouldn't have sucked if prison hadn't come along. And then there's a lot of dads that they're in prison because they sucked. Like, and it's, 
it's unfortunate that we have a fucking stupid system for deciding everything ever yeah, always. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I and I don't, I don't, I don't even think anybody belongs in jail. But like, you know, what I mean, like, right. like, like, I do think that there are probably some people who should not be around everyone else based on certain decisions that they make that are hurting other people. The, I think a lot of them are in Congress. I agree. I think the choices that led my dad to being in a position where he would be put in prison were the same. Was the same mentality and thinking and mindset that led him to being a bad dad. I don't know if it's the same case with Corey's um, dad. I but, can't like, speak entirely, yeah. obviously, because I wasn't there, but I do think there is a grain of truth in there, because it's like, if if you're making decisions that wind you up in the big house, regardless of if you actually committed the crime, well, that shows that you obviously were still exhibiting enough, and especially as a, a that, white man. I was just going to say that, because like, it is important to note that both Corey and I are white. Yeah, and, and you, like, both your dads are white And, and there's well. plenty of dads who, who are in prison. Now, it is important to also include classism in that conversation, because Corey's parents, the Corey dad, did not grow up rich and i don't think your dad yeah my dad grew up like middle my dad grew up more middle class than he wanted to admit which is always so weird to me i hate when dudes do that because he he, like wanted to claim he did everything for himself but but no dad you 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 live in your mom and dad's property i know yeah i i mean you did in a lot of ways but not in the ways you thought yeah you're kind of missing the point but yeah i mean i think that catches us up God, I'm still mad at that lady just because, like, that lady shouldn't be. Th- that lady's not the problem. Whole systemic issues are the problem. The, no, the, but she the, is the problem in the sense that as a white woman, she is using the patriarchy to gain herself some power, but still put herself in a place of submission and weakness. And and, and I just like. I fucking hate these powerful Christian women who act like they're these protectors, but in reality, they're literally holding kids' faces under the fucking water. See, and I, I didn't even think of it in the in the woman sense. I hate the part. I mean, and, and I think you're allowed to. Like, of course, I shouldn't. Like, I don't want to be like bitches. Be like, but I mean, like the the part the part that gets to me is the part where it's like you don't want to be a teacher. You if your if your mission is to control and 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 and. Yeah, mold children. I don't think you want to be a teacher. You want to be a person that controls and molds people. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a teacher to me. A teacher is is a mentor and a person that helps you explore. And like, I don't know, maybe read the Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Like, well, and I think so. There's a reason it's used in in teaching college. Have you ever heard of the book The Prophet by Khalil Gibran? Gibran. So it's 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 like a, a a prophet comes down from the mountain and like gives sermons to people. I don't think it's actually specifically religious. Um, I read it at the beginning of college, so who knows how woo-woo bullshit it is. Yeah. But, like, one of the poems specifically was about parenthood and children and how there's so many parents that make the mistake that their child is their property. Yeah. And that they own them and that, like, they get to decide who the, what their child and who their child is going to be. And, I mean, I... I still struggle with this when it comes to younger family members. Like, I, I, I've got shit I gotta yeah. work on. But, like, I try really hard to understand that, like, I am not their boss. I can't make those decisions for them. I can just be help when they need it. Because, like, that's all you can be to other people. And once, like, and children deserve that regardless of if they are fully autonomous. And, uh... And that's, that's, uh, I've there's a difficult there's this weird thing i've dealt with a bunch where it's like i don't want to be your dictator but i've also done my best 
like it does sometimes it would be way easier if i was your dictator and i think that that is some of it i think i think the biggest like the the biggest mistakes are you you think of your kid as property like, like that's a big problem you think of your kid as a second chance or or a renewal or whatever or you just don't think of your kid as a person you just think of them as a series of expectations. Like in D and D, you can level up through uh, different. There's different leveling up revenue streams. Yeah, but one of them is milestone. After a certain point, the DM just says you've hit it. And I think a lot of parents parent by milestone. Like, well, now well, you've yeah, got to get in the like, sport, and now you've got to do this. And if you're not doing that, like at the at the at the fucking our milestones are so arbitrary. Yeah, because like at the fucking graduation, her her mom, kiddo's mom, was like, uh, "So now you're you're going to take care of college for her," and I was like. Does she even fucking want to go to college? Yeah. Do you think maybe after 12 years of having to hide who she is and some, even if she didn't know who the fuck she was? Cause she was saying like before she, we've talked and she's like, I've kind of had a feeling for a while, but didn't know how to talk about it. I was like, well, that's really fucked up that I didn't do better. Yeah. But, but like, there's not, there's only so much you can do. But like, so. and you can't go back in time. No. But that's like, or can you? That's our, <laughs> But, uh, uh, that's her milestone to decide. And it's, it's, it's my, my shrink, actually, another, another free therapeutic therapy is, is I've really tried to change my thinking around. It's been, I will sometimes get jealous of my kid for not having as good a dad as I had instead of being proud that, like, I didn't do such a good job that she will never know just what that was. She'll oh never know gosh. being eight and hungry and not knowing, like, where is dad? And like, is mom alive? And like, that kind of thing will never happen to her. And like, it's hard for me to reconcile maybe in a variety of ways because of my own trauma, but it doesn't, it's not a bad thing. And I think too many people get it reversed that like, well, that's the only way to make them stronger. And I'm like, no, she is so much stronger than me in a bunch of ways because she didn't have to have her knees broken out from underneath her like every year or so of her life. Instead, like, yeah, she had to fucking hide her gender. That is fucking awful. Maybe before she even knew she needed to hide it. Yeah, and that's that's the big one. Sorry, I feel like I'm rambling now. No, no, no. <laughs> the thing I was gonna say is that I have definitely felt that way about my younger nieces and nephews in regards because, like, oh, and at least in the fact that I feel like they got a better version of my parents than I got, and I get really jealous about that. Uh, so that's like my kind of tandem version of what you're experiencing. And then I feel that way in regards to how I interact with Corey in regards to house upkeep, because the way people have taught me in the past is to just be really fucking mean mm. and assume that I didn't do things the way they wanted to just to personally fucking spite them. And so sometimes I get really frustrated with Corey and then it's like, I, I can calmly explain things to him and not get frustrated by things that I was yelled at about all the time. And that's, that's a lot of what, like, the air quotes bad guys in the world don't want to do is uh, is un unpack that weird shit because they don't want to feel bad like like and it's it's this weird thing of like nobody wants to be the bad guy I think and nobody wants to feel bad yeah. but you will become an you absolutely if you can't admit you've made mistakes you're just gonna keep making them yeah and you're gonna end up I the, mean I wouldn't know I've never made one yeah no you're, you're absolutely perfect angel chef <laughs> heard about but I mean, I think that brings us up to date. Well, we we're gonna have a uh, we're gonna do uh, our friend Andy when what, Andy Awansio. Awansio. She's a very, I, she just came out with an EP because those are the shorter ones. It's extremely funny. But so she has an EP out called Hard Trans, 
and uh, it's uh, three different tracks. It's extremely funny. She's got some pretty good uh, jokes right at the top, especially like joking about Netflix and Dave Chappelle because she's a trans comic, yeah. so she's talking about that. She's doing the album recording. It's an album recording, and the album is called Better Living Through Femistry. Uh, at the Eastburn, it's on 1800 East Burnside, Portland, Oregon. It's 8 p.m., $10, June 24th. I will be hosting, and then uh, Kyle Clark is another comedian who will be featured. I think it's going to be a really good show. It's only $10. Um, I think it's definitely worth going to. And then I'm going to be on a queer variety show oh. July 13th at the one of the McMinimins who the more. We we need to we need to set up dates for people of the appropriate gender to update our queer cards. Right, exactly. I have not made out with a dude or or a trans or femme them in a while, so I need to. I need to. Yeah, yeah. you gotta get it re-upped. Yeah. I mean, I've been identifying as a uh, Christmas Easter queer. You know, like your family, it's it's only a problem on those holidays. No, more that I just I'm not really using. I'm not really being that queer, but I am. No, I, I. I think it, I, it's the the Christmas Easter Catholics, you know. It, it is it is for me a thing where I will. I think as a younger person, I was definitely way more attracted to men, like in addition to women. You know what I mean? And like it's it's men have just consistently been men Proven so often that, they're, that I'm yeah. like, well, you're not a thing I would be interested in. You're not a thing I'd exactly. be exactly. You're like the wrong kind of a version of the thing I'd be interested in. Like I'd feel <laughs> bad about it. Um, yeah, so but, that's happening. It's going to be comedy, uh, drag, and uh, bluegrass. But and before we get off of Andy for a second, I I, uh, I think she does really good witty wordplay, and also just oh my gosh, lo- her her social media is so worth following because there's a quality pun like every goddamn day. Yeah, and then okay, so you're you're doing that queer. Yeah, and I'm doing the queer blender show. Uh, that's July 13th. And also, um, I think indefinitely all of my poor paintings are 50% off. Um, and if you uh, buy like two or more, free shipping. Uh, Mama's broke. Harriet's had a bunch of vet stuff lately that has been very expensive. And uh, she's very ungrateful. So. Uh, yeah, she and she refuses to get a job, which is like the worst part about cats. She She has a crypto wallet. There is no funds in it. Speaking but of... She's saying someday... Speaking of work, though, and jobs, we are also going to volunteer our time July 7th, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. I have more details on that, but I don't – or I, I think I'll put them in here. July 7th at, from 7 to 2 a.m. at the Den on 116 Southeast Yamhill, they will be doing a fundraiser for striking workers. Uh, Rochelle, myself, uh, Jane Malone, maybe another comic uh, that Steph was asking about. Uh, but at least the three of us will be doing sets to support striking workers. Put our put our our art where our aim. Or, or, I'm not sure how to phrase that. But uh, uh, we're gonna fart all over the place. Come the, and check it out. Yeah, and there there won't just be comedy. There'll be live music. There'll be speakers. There'll be if you're interested in like some. I'm sure there'll be like some some uh, uh, little booths there or something too. We we're also gonna try to get some recyclables. Interview done with them. Like like oh um. There has been talk of the UPS, not the what I work for, but, you know, the main UPS drivers going on strike. But according to one of the drivers, my takes are chronically online, so they might not be striking. I've been I've been trying to close this out by, by the closest thing I've decided to the anarchist prayer, uh, which is the reminder of the, the, the phrase, to each according to their need, from each according to their ability. I got it right the first time. On my own, it usually takes five tries to not fuck up that order. So, uh, 
Eventually, I will get it right so often I won't have to comment on the fact that it's from to each according to their ability, from each according to their need. From each according to their to each according to their need. Yeah, yeah. I guess the order doesn't you're, really you matter. You got to do the from each according to their ability. From to ability each, to, to need. need. Yes, isn't that what I said? Did I say backwards again? I don't know. Okay, I think at this point that just don't know. At this point, the other credit music is I going. Wanna wait. For our lives to be over. That's that's not the actual way we close out the show, Rochelle. There's a handful of human beings who uh, have given of their own labor and donated money to make sure uh, uh, I give a few bucks to my landlord every month. I've been calling them the executive producers of the show. I've been editing it in. How do you just call them the board? The board of directors, maybe. Yeah. Come on, you need a board of directors. Well, I like saying that they're the executive producers because they help make the show possible by going to uh, patreon.com forward slash recyclables. I want to thank our executive producers. I figured I'd do it at you. You, you, could, you can say whatever you want about them. or, or their just name. make up facts. Yeah, yeah. Uh, executive producer. Thank you very much, executive producer. Sabrina Phillips. Great at making pies. Uh, also, thank you, executive producer Edwin Shives. Afraid of porky pranks. Uh, executive producer Stephanie Oxford. Really into the idea of going green. Uh, executive producer Whitney Hapson. You know, she used to be a T-Swizzle fan, but after the last guy he dated, she's out. Well, no, that's true. Uh, executive producer Nova Starlust. I know her. I know them, so it's kind of hard, but, uh, let's see. You, you actually know at least one and a half to two of the people. I mean, with Nova, like... Everything I'd say that to make up is not as awesome as who they are. Fair. Um, but uh, they're making content that's changing my mind every day. Uh, executive producer Rob Campbell. Thank you very much. Rob Campbell. Um, you know, he's still got some Little League trophies. I want to also thank executive producer Andrea Miller. Um, Andrea? Andrea had the best unicorn costume. Uh, executive producer Kristen Rowan. Oh, I know Kristen, too. Amazing kids. Amazing kids, yeah. Like, honestly, I like your kid, but her kids are really cool. No, I, I like... So, if we were going to have a kid off... Mine's not even a kid anymore. Mine's technically not she's a kid anymore. Kid. All right, fair. Um, it takes a... I, I hate to sound like an old person, but she's still a kid. Uh, executive, I want to thank you, executive producer, Linda Grimes. Linda Grimes. Um, she actually started Grime in the UK. Yeah. I don't know she what started the whole genre. Oh, oh, the grime is that like grunge? Mm, it's a type of rap. Oh, okay. Dance music, hip hop, dance music. Uh, that Dizzy is, Rassel, baseline junkie. That is totally Linda's thing. Uh, executive producer Butterface Creations. Butterface, okay. Um, this is gonna be another real one. Butterface has made Kirby so sexy. I don't know how to think anymore. That's that is true. Uh, uh, but congratulations on the baby to executive producer Carrie Davis, the grandbaby. Who had a baby? Uh, Somebody I know. Friend of the pod, Carrie Davis. Congratulations. Carrie Davis. Carrie Davis. um, Does have Betty Davis eyes. Uh, Executive producer, Ash Alexander. Thank you very much. Ash Alexander. um, Not a Pokemon. Not a Pokemon. I want to thank you, executive producer, Erica N. Stepsister. (laughs) So be nice. Erica N. I was going to be. Have I been mean to anyone No, no, you haven't. You haven't. Oh, my God. I just got really trepidatious. I was Give like, it up for Erica N. She tolerates Patrick. 
she has the same birthday as me. Uh, and huh. last, definitely not least, other stepsister, uh, adore the crap out of you, executive producer Chella L. Chella L. Uh, she's got a really good um, oatmeal raisin overnight oats recipe. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been that's been recyclables. You are uh, Rochelle Cote. And uh, uh, Horford Poor on Instagram. And I'm I'm dead inside. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you for picking up Recyclables today. Donations to the ACAST streaming service are, of course, always welcomed, but the best way to support the show is by going to patreon.com forward slash recyclables and becoming a patron today. If you can't do that, another great way is by liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast on whatever podcast listening service you use. All right, thanks.